0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 501. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a study of the book of Ephesians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to do a study on Ephesians. I've been back looking at what studies we've done on the New Testament epistles or letters, generally letters from Paul, and it seems like we have not yet done Ephesians. So we'll be doing that one. Just to put this in perspective, Ephesus is in Asia Minor, what is now Turkey. It's on the western coast of mainland of Turkey. And it was, at the time of Paul, a very major center both commercially and religiously, and I'm not talking about the Christian church, at least not at first. This was one of the places where one of the seven wonders of the ancient world was, and this was the Temple to Artemis at Ephesus. And that is part of the story of Paul and that city, because when Paul went to Ephesus, he was being so successful in terms of bringing people to Jesus that it caused a riot. It caused a riot because people weren't buying the little statues of Artemis of Ephesus, the souvenir version, if you will, that they would have Taken home with them. And so Paul is actually driven out of town because of this riot, or basically there's this riot and they calm things down, but Paul needs to leave. And so he is writing back this letter, and it's a love letter. He has spent a fair amount of time in Ephesus. He had a good relationship with the people who were there. We'll see at the end a number of different people who he names by name. But this is a letter where he's writing back to this church that he helped found, a church that is probably still undergoing some persecution, uh, but that is thriving. Then it starts like this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The very typical starting for a letter, you start the letter here with both who it's from as well as the two. He's often you can see the relationship in terms of what he's going to talk about by how he addresses people. And this one is the holy people, the faithful in Christ, and he does identify himself as an apostle, one who is sent. An apostle is someone who was sent out from the church, in this case the church of Antioch, called Paul as an apostle and sent him out with Barnabas the first time. And by the time he's been to Ephesus, I believe that's on his second missionary journey, if I've got my facts correct. And so he has been to Ephesus, he helped found, found this church here, and he's writing back to it and sends them grace and peace. Continuing, praise for spiritual blessings in Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I'm going to pause here for a second because we have to stop and talk about predestination predestination is one of those things that has split the church and i think it splits the church needlessly because i see predestination as one side of a coin with free will and i think some people is it is it are we predestined that is does god know who is going to choose him and make it so or does he give us the will to choose and you can find verses in the bible that say both And I always explain it this way. I remember when I was a kid, I had a friend over, and we were trying to decide what to have for breakfast, and he said, well, how about, I think, French toast or something like that? And I said, well, my mom is going to say this. She's going to say, but you had that yesterday morning. And I was able to say, word for word, what my mom's response would be. I am not a Svengali. I'm not a puppet master, but I knew her very well, and I knew what she would say, and therefore I could make my plans accordingly. And so when we talk about the predestination, when we talk about predestination, we're emphasizing one part of the truth, which is that God has plans, that God is making his plans for us, with us, or without us, that God's plans will out, that God is working his purposes out in the world. And predestination is the side of the coin that says, that God is in control, and that God has plans and is working through them. And so he says here that you were all, we were all, predestined for the adoption of sonship, that God's plan was for us to be adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus, that basically through what Jesus did on the cross, that he has restored the relationship that we have with the Father, and that we are adopted then back into God's family. And it's all by what he did in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, a grace meaning, again, something that he did, not us, unwarranted favor, something we get that we don't deserve, something good that we get that we don't deserve, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And so it's saying that not only did he predestine us, not only did he intend for us to be adopted, to receive this grace, not only did he make plans through what he was going to do through Jesus, but also it says he did it freely and he did it out of love. And then we have redemption. So redemption is a term that we don't come across that often. You used to redeem redeem your trading stamps, but a lot of you probably are too young to remember that. But you redeem something when you trade it in for something of equal value. And so Jesus redeems us. He buys us out of slavery. So remember, at this time, slavery was something that was a temporary state that you was often more economical or you lost a war or something rather than racial, for instance. And so you could redeem someone out of slavery. If they went into slavery because they owed a debt, you would pay off the debt and you would redeem them, you would free them again. And in the same way, we were in debt to sin, we were in bondage to sin, and through what Jesus did through his blood, he paid the price in our place to buy us back into freedom. The forgiveness of sins and accordance with the riches of God's grace. Again, grace. This is all talking about what God is doing, what God has done, God's plan that he lavishes on us. And I loved that phrase. Paul uses these great big long sentences, and you don't want to lose some of this wonderful language in the middle of this here, that he lavishes his grace on us, that he wants to give us good things. This is why we use the word father. Picture the father who loves his children and wants to give them good things. That's the reason why that term is used. It's that lavish love with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Okay, really long sentences, lots of commas there. I'm sure your English teacher would hate this one, but it says that there was a mystery. There was a mystery of his plan that he tells us, that he basically tells us now of what he was planning on doing with Jesus. And we can go back into the Old Testament even, and we can get pictures of what God is doing, and we see the Old Testament differently than someone would have before Christ. We can see glimpses of this story there, but it was still kind of mystery, and he has made it known to us now. And that when times reach the fulfillment— And I think that's still yet to come. He will bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That there is a time where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then last paragraph here, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Okay, (laughs) what that's saying in rather too many clauses there is that the reason he chose us, the reason he made this plan to free us is to bring praise to God. That when we are freed, we can praise God and that our very freedom is in praise to God. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay, again, we heard the truth, we heard the good news, the gospel of our salvation, our salvation, that which saved us, saved us from the situation where we found ourselves in slavery to death and sin. And then when we believed, it says we were given the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a promise, a promise of things to come, a deposit. I like that phrase, that there is more coming, but he's giving us this taste of living with him as with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who is both making us holy, who is both working on us, but also is himself just a taste of that future time when we will be with him in paradise. And until the redemption of those who are God's possession, until all of those who are God's are brought back to him, to, again, his praise and glory. I don't know, what is that, like two, three sentences for that whole paragraph there? But gives you an idea of what Paul's going to be talking about. That's just the hello. That's basically how are things. And then we'll get further into this letter next week. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at com. And thanks so much for listening. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack.